So let's do the beginning while we're happy. Because okay. <laughs> last week it was like, welcome to I this. know. We sound so <laughs> tired. <laughs> we're like, here we are again <laughs> doing our podcast. <laughs> I was like, there's no way to spruce this up. I couldn't amplify it because it just sounded like I was like doing slow. Like somebody's putting a gun to our head and forcing us to do a podcast against our will. That's how I feel when I tell people to listen to it. I get a lot of, I don't even know how to listen to a podcast. That's like one of them. Is that the age group we're in? I don't know how to listen to a podcast. Fortunately, (laughs) our demographic doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. We would be so popular if they just knew how. You know what we should do is an informational video and we'll put it up on YouTube and that's how we'll share it and we'll show them like, hey, Mary, how do you listen to a podcast? I don't know. Mike puts it on for me. I don't know how to do anything. We are in that demographic. God damn it. Oh my God, I'm crying. Welcome to another episode of the Hash Wednesday podcast with me, comedian Catherine Maloney. And me, Minister Mary McGee. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about St. Francis of Assisi, the patron saint of the poor and lover of animals. We're also going to talk about, girl, what you watching? What you watching, girl? And we might dabble in conspiracy theory about Antarctica. Why can't we go there? What are they hiding? We're going to talk about all that and more on this Mm -hmm. week's episode. So what do you want to start with? Do you want to do... I don't know. Do you want to do St. Francis first? He's a big one. I say this every episode. I know. You're like, this is a huge saint. (laughs) And I'm always like, this one's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) We should do like bingo when you listen to our show. We should do bingo cards down the road. And when we give them to fans, we'll be like, if you get the bingo, like send us a picture and like we'll give you a t-shirt or something. Because you always say, this one's my favorite. But this one really is my favorite. (laughs) He's so good. There's so much to him. I felt connected to him because he's not a typical like Catholic saint. And he didn't necessarily follow all of the ways of the church. He was more of a direct follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not really into all the rules and all of that kind of like stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is a guy that I can get on board with. Yeah. Most saints that we've talked about on the show forge their own path through their love for Jesus. Like that's their guiding light. So all this other stuff that kind of gets in the way, it's just red tape. And most of them just kind of like shrug it off. Cause like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to get killed for it. And then they're martyred and they're in heaven. So it's like a win, win, win. Like these guys I know, don't I give just a think shit. They're super, I just think they're like super enlightened. Like the more that we learn about saints and then the more that I read about on my own, like about mysticism and mm-hmm. interconnectedness and consciousness, when we're 
learning about these different saints and even St. Francis in particular, you know, they just seem to me to be super enlightened people who get the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, all these forms of like self-torture and, you know, fasting and all of these things that they do to increase their suffering is also their way that they feel more closely connected to God by depriving themselves of all worldly things. Mm -hmm. They're more closely connected to God or, you know, the universe or whatever you might follow. Yeah. Whatever's floating your boat. So. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> good for you. Me too. It's a good time. So I was talking to my sister and I was stoned. <laughs> you know, she's upset about something and I'm like, that's just you trying to talk to your inner child. <laughs> she just, she just did a bunch of like cry laugh faces. I'm like, you need to have a chat with your inner child. Okay. <laughs> like you're a fucking maniac. <laughs> Oh man, we slip into that talk. I know. With people that are like, is that what you really think? I'm like, yeah, kind of. That's exactly <laughs> I how I think. I <laughs> Why you I think that's think wrong? I'm certifiable. Oh, totally. I can't wait till they grow up and find out that I'm right, though. <laughs> I know. And we have proof because we actually published it. Like, so yeah. they can go back on it and be like, damn it, mm-hmm. you were actually right. Shit. It's almost like as you get older, just like this veil gets taken away and you just start to see everything for what it really is. Yeah. And by then it's too late. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> We're all going to be dead in the year 2060 anyway. That's it. Padre Pio, man. Let us know. And I was excited because we were back to cartoon learning. Uh, There was a Saints for Kids video, right? I looked at it and it was 11 minutes and change. And you know, that like gets me going. I know. You're like under 12 minutes. Oh, that's my sweet spot right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can watch that like three, four times. I'm good. So I played it and it like, I had already read the book a bunch of times that I have. Oh God, I don't know why the sound is always fucked up. It's almost like there's a ghost in this closet. Mm-hmm. I hope nobody like hung themselves in here and they think I'm doing like a fucking seance with them every week. And they're like, oh my it's my God. day. <laughs> it's all about me. The closet ghost. <laughs> the closet ghost. Ooh. How do I look in your dress you're never going to wear? With the tags on it since 2003. Ooh. Closet ghost. <laughs> and then he messes with my sound. Cut it out. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was doing a gig in um, Port Charlotte. It's at this place called Vasani's and it looks like a castle on the outside. So it looks like you're going to like Knights of, what is it? Like, um, no, no, Medieval. not the Knights of Columbus. I'm like, that doesn't we look like both, a castle. That looks like. both said Knights of Columbus. Old, playing the Joker poker machine, drinking Shirley Temples and oh. eating pistachios. <laughs> the red one so we can yeah. make nails. Mm-hmm. And we can wet them and rub it on our lips to make us look like we have lipstick. Yeah, definitely. I want a bowl of cherries or else I'm going to throw a fucking tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> Just give them the cherries. cherries and a roll of quarters for the freaking pool table. So it's um, medieval times. So it kind of looks like it's like medieval times on the outside. But when you go inside, say it's a good Italian restaurant. It's got solid food for Florida. 
and it's got steaks and shit and they do comedy in there. So the hotel that you stay at is literally right off of I-75. Then you just drive down a little bit and you get to the club or whatever. So I was in my room. I was watching like American Dad and all of a sudden the show went from English to Spanish and like there was no reason for it. Like the remote didn't get touched. It was just weird. So I turned it off, turned it back on. It's still on Spanish, but all the other channels were English. So I was like, what the fuck? So there's nothing else on. It's like all ESPN. It's fucking Saturday. So it's like, oh my God, I got to watch something so I can get ready for my show. I'm all like upset about it. So I called down to the front desk and I'm like, something's wrong. I even unplugged the TV and plugged it back in. It did all like the simple shit. So the guy comes up from maintenance and he's like, messing around with it and it's still doing it so he called one of the housekeepers in another room and he's like hey turn to channel 23 and she changed the channel she's like okay he goes what language are they speaking and she's like english and it was spanish on my tv weird so so then he does the factory settings and like resets the whole tv and it's still doing it so then i said ah maybe it's a ghost And then he goes, well, it's strange you say that because there is a ghost on the first floor. (gasps) And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, he killed himself. He was a real estate agent. And it was like all around that time where like the bubble burst and shit. And he fucking killed himself. And every year, this sounds like a Halloween story, but every year the um, group of those realtors like come back to that hotel and have like a weekend and do like a workshop or whatever. So what I said, and he goes, yeah, he killed himself on the first floor. So usually he's in on the first floor of the hotel. He doesn't usually go anywhere else. But I was like, but they're all on the first floor doing these conferences and shit, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so he's just trying to get away from them. And he's Mm -hmm. like, maybe. So then the guy leaves and... I talked to the ghost. You did? What did you say to him? So I said, listen, I get it. You don't want to be around these people. They're fucking pieces of shit. You deserve better. I'm really sorry what happened and everything. But listen, I have shows to get ready for and there's nothing else on. So don't fuck with my TV. And when I said that, it went from Spanish to English. Shut the fuck up. And it didn't change the whole weekend. Shut up right now. (laughs) I was like, you can stay here. I don't care. Like, I was like, just don't fuck with my TV. And I fucking changed. And that was it. That is so weird. Okay, you want to know what's weird? Today, I was watching this documentary on St. Francis of Assisi. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching it. I fell asleep for like 15 minutes. So when I woke up, I wanted to restart it. And the voice that came over the fucking TV was like demonic. No. It sounded almost like it was in slow motion and it was like this like like this like eerie demonic voice and I could not get oh it. I re- I restarted it three times and I couldn't get it to stop. And Erin is in the room with me and every time she hears it, she jumps, she gets scared and starts crying because it sounds so terrifying. Eventually I got it back to like the normal one, but then I was reading. Oh my God. St. Francis is who you use to banish 
that demon with Beelzebub. Isn't that, the, isn't that the one from The Exorcist? Yeah, that's it's like the, the main one. So that really freaked me out because I read that like right after that happened. That's fucking crazy. I know. He's like one of the seven fallen angels that represent the seven deadly sins. His is gluttony. Maybe that's why I know of him because a lot of the movies that I watch are like gluttonous. <laughs> like they're bullshit. You know, yeah. they're usually like superficial. Like and then I was getting freaked out because I was like, oh my God, like I oh eat like three slices of cookies a night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Just ask St. Francis for help. That's what if, I'm going to do now. Yeah, if like, Beelzebub is there or he was, you know, interfering with the video or whatever, then that means that St. Francis can be summoned or invoked because if one's there, the other one could be there. It's like the balance, right? It's like yeah. yin and yang. It's like They're I'm protected. Like, I'm not scared. Like, I feel like I'm protected by a white light. Yeah. So I'm not worried. No. But it did freak me out for a minute. Especially if it scared the baby. Yeah, the fact like that it's that's her, what's scary. I mean, I know she I mean, she's five, you know, like she's not I and Brianna has scream and nightmare on Elm Street on in the background like 24 seven. So it's not like she doesn't hear scary things, you know, but she knows that's not real. She the video like, thing is like, it's like history, you know, so yeah, it was weird. That is fucking weird. Oh, man. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Except it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was funny. It's true, though. That's the scariest stuff, right? The real stuff. Yeah. By the way, I watched that new Mila Kunis movie that's on Netflix. It's called Luckiest Girl in the World. Oh, yeah. Woo. Is it good? Yeek. You know, the description <laughs> on Netflix says that it's about a school shooting and she's basically like one of the only survivors. And then it fucking takes a very dark graphic turn to a totally different storyline and I don't want to give it away but I mean people were saying that there should have been a warning at the beginning of the movie because it was really like like it's the kind you know when like something happens in a movie and it's too close to home and you're just yeah. like ugh, I don't want to watch this. yeah I don't want to see this yeah I think yeah. I know so I mean it was very good it was well done. I like Mila Kunis and I liked um, Connie Britton played her mom and I like her from American Horror Story and all the other stuff she's from. So it was good. And it's a movie. So you don't have to commit to like fucking eight to 10 episodes. Yeah, you know? that's good. So it's like, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to finish stuff. My ADHD doesn't let me do that often. So I felt very accomplished when I was like, oh, it's an hour and a half movie. Done. I'm in. Sign me up. Watch The Shining. Jack Nicholson one? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. I know. Brianna wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay. So we watched it. And it actually, I don't remember ever getting scared of it except for this time watching it. Well, because you're about their age now. That's you know? probably what it is. You're not coming from like the kid's perspective. You're coming from the parents and you're like, yeah, I could flip the fuck out and kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's like watching the unraveling and and then that kid mm -hmm. talking to his finger to the man who lives inside his mouth. Oh, man. Creepy. Like just so many layers of crazy. I know. It really stressed me out. Yeah. I don't like those watches. No. 
My life yeah. is stressful enough. I want to take a little vacation. I know. I was only supposed to be watching positive things again. And then I accidentally watched The Shining. <laughs> yeah, but you probably thought you were so desensitized by it. I really thought that it. I was. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is the scariest I've ever thought it was. That's a scary movie though. So with St. Francis of Assisi, he's always been like one of my favorite saints. I have a little statue outside on my porch of St. Francis of Assisi. You do? Yeah, I know. I'm always like, I'm not religious, but I have so many little trinkets around me that have to do with saints. But yeah, so he was born on September 26th, 1181. His death day is October 4th, 1228. So we chose him because his feast day was you know, in the month of October, on October 4th. And actually, St. Francis of Assisi is the saint of the year for 2022. So I thought that was really cool. And he's just one of these saints that has a lot to his story. He's similar to like St. Christopher and St. Anthony, yeah. you know, where it was kind like a bad boy. Oh, yeah, such a bad boy, right? He was a he was born into this like <laughs> super <laughs> bad his... boy saints on this month's Tiger Beat. <laughs> <laughs> we should have saved him for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Move over, St. Valentine. You got some serious competition with this guy. And don't even bring up St. Jude, that looker. Got some got some hottie saints up in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you like good looking saints and want to hear their backstory we've got a podcast saint francis of assisi was born into this really rich family his dad was this italian merchant who was like basically like the richest dude in assisi which was the small town in i believe it's northern uh italy and then his mom was this french woman as described in the book or whatever so they named him Francois um, or Francis, which was French. So the dad was like, I want to name our son after my favorite thing, which is his wife who was French. I'm like, oh, this is like so weird. It's so creepy when they talk about that. So they named him that or whatever. And he was like we were saying, like he was a street brawler, shit talking, like like a little rich boy running around like, you know, starting shit and having parties and stuff like that so he ran with all the other rich men's sons and and daughters in the town so they basically just like live that life like Paris Hilton you know like dancing on (laughs) tabletops and doing body shots and shit and just like running amok but Francis was a little bit different he had an interaction on the kids cartoon where a beggar asked him for money and he pulled a do you know who I am do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who my father is? He tells the beggar and the beggar's like, nah, man, I have no fucking clue who you are. And St. Francis is like, I am the richest dude's son in this town and you're begging me for money? Which I was like, yeah, that's exactly who you fucking ask for money. Like, yeah. why don't rich people think that they fucking should share? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you actually have it. So the beggar's like, I'm really sorry. I had no idea who you were. Still really don't know, but sounds like you're a big deal. So I'll just go on my merry way. And then Francis walked away and he was like, man, that was a really dick move. Let me go back and talk to that guy. So he went over to the beggar and he's like, hey, I shouldn't have talked to you like that. And the beggar was like, yeah, I get that a lot. And then he gave him whatever money was in his pocket. So he had moments like that where 
I guess it was his conscience or, you know, his intuition or God or whatever, but something was telling him like, hey, pull it back a little bit. So his dad was telling him all these stories about battles and being a soldier and stuff. So he was getting kind of amped up about it. And then it came time and he was like, I'm going to join the war. And his parents were like, please do not do this. Like, this is totally unnecessary. Like, we have enough money for like a million lifetimes at this point. I thought you were going to be a merchant like your father. What are you doing? And he's like, nope, this is what I'm going to do. So he went to war and he ended up being the last man standing on the side he was fighting with. And so the main guys, you know, that captured him, they decided that he looked like he came from money. So they're like, let's see if we can negotiate a ransom and sell this guy back to his family which was smart. So St. Francis went into the prison or whatever, and then they negotiated for a year. It took them a year to fucking negotiate the release of St. Francis to his parents. That's a long fucking time. Don't you think? Like, oh my God. So during that time, he started getting visions. He started having these like, you know, almost like epiphanies. So when he was released and he went back to Assisi, he decided that he wanted to spread the word to everybody that like everybody needed to be cool with each other. And he wanted like take a vow of poverty and basically rid himself of all of his finery. And so he took his clothes and the horse that his dad, you know, gave him or whatever, and he sold it. He decided he was going to take the money from, you know, selling his belongings and repair churches so the dad is like what the fuck are you doing like you're wearing rags in the streets you're preaching you sold all my shit like what the fuck is going on so he brings him to the bishop and he tells the bishop you know his name is pietro he's like my son has literally lost his fucking mind this motherfucker sold my horse sold all my silk robes and he's going to take the money and he's going to start fixing churches. Like, what? what is happening right now? Like, talk to him. And the bishop's like, did you really plan on preparing churches? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, well, why did you think to use your father's money? Like, why did you do this? And he's like, well, my father wouldn't have had this money if it wasn't for God that bestowed it upon him. So I thought it was only fair if I took the money from my father and used it for God's work on earth and fix the churches. So the bishop's like, okay, well, that sounds like a swell fucking plan. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I listened to that documentary, the way that they made it sound was that like the Holy Spirit had come to him and told him to fix churches, but it wasn't necessarily meant literally oh. like, and that he just like to fix the church and the way that things are handled. And, oh. and he took it to mean to like, literally fix churches like so fix that windowsill yeah he was like in the floor. i'm on it fix the church you got it i got hardware <laughs> and a hammer <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready that's how i follow instructions too <laughs> oh that's so great once he had that like epiphany or whatever and he decided that he was gonna do this like he went full for it and he's so consistent with the other stories from the other saints where yeah. everybody thought they were crazy they had a straight, like a magnet, a straight line to what they wanted to do for in the name of Jesus and everything. And they just fucking stuck it out. It pretty much worked out. Even, you know, John the Baptist's head got cut off, but I think he kind of knew that was coming. Yeah. 
that's what they were doing back then is like he took a vow of poverty right so Mm -hmm. that's what we hear about most saints doing I feel like they take they strip themselves of all anything that is like self-fulfilling or you know brings joy (laughs) they just Mm -hmm. like strip themselves of it but this church they were upset by the fact that he wanted to live a life of poverty because there was that Christian sect, the Cathars. Yeah. And in that belief system, there were two gods, one that was of um, the physical world and that was the bad God. And one that was of the spiritual world and that was the good God. So they believed in no worldly possessions. And because St. Francis followed that same line of thinking, they thought he was like a heretic. Yep. But I thought all saints did that. Well, I looked up like what a her- what heresy is because I- I've always heard that phrase. And so I was like, let me make sure I like know what this means. And it's basically anything that goes outside of the orthodox practice of whatever religion it is. So you know how like there's all these spinoffs from like like being a Catholic, like there's the Lutherans and there's the Protestants and there's this and that. So all that is like, can be viewed as like a heretic because Mm -hmm. you're outside of the mainstream of thinking. So you're right. Like they totally, that's what the Cathars were doing very extremely. They were like, Mm -hmm. you know, they thought that the Catholics were like Satanists and they just thought like, that's all the bad stuff. And, you know, you strip yourself of everything. The Cathars even believed that sex in marriage was an a sin even for procreation so that's like what the fuck that doesn't make any sense to me because you know that's like the whole reason why you have in the catholic view you have sex for procreation so that you can have children and don't you want to grow your followers like don't you want your but you're like herd to grow because they're all sheep or whatever. Like, don't you want that? So why would know, you tell people? I think, I think they thought everyone in the physical world was basically evil. But they're in the physical world. I like, know. That's crazy. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like these people like that are like locked away from everybody. Like, you know, they live on a big farm somewhere <laughs> and it makes sense. Like they think we're all crazy. I mean, I, I go into a heavily populated area and I feel the same way. And I've been around people my whole life. I talk to people and strangers and I go in crowded places. So can you imagine? Like, going... <laughs> I don't even know where I am right now. <laughs> I talk to people in places and I go to crowded places. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Just doing my thing, like St. Francis. I don't know where you are right now. That was so funny. I think I took us off track. I started talking about something else in the story when you were in the middle. Oh, of- the Cathars. No, no, actually, that's exactly where I was going to go. So everybody's basically going after the Cathars. They're like the bad guy during this, between the 12th and the 14th century. They were like enemy number one. So Groups like the Dominicans, that uh, monastery or whatever, the Dominicans, they took down the Cathars. And after they took down the Cathars, you know, they maniacally were like, we got to get somebody else. So by that time, St. Francis had left his father. His father basically disowned him after he sold all his shit. 
I know but, he's probably like now he's probably like that was a big whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop egg on my face. I could have been a egg saint. On my face. <laughs> I could have been a saint like the other one's parents. No, but no, I had to be a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking bad guy. He's like the the 80s movies. Like he's like the cool guy dad, you know, like the goonies. Yeah. Oh, you know, like that douchebag. It's like, you're going to sell shit like your father and your father's father and your father's father's father. And he's like, I don't want to be like you. Who he is. So so with the the bishop was like, listen, you should basically give back everything and like, just go do this on your own. And St. Francis was like, bet I'm in it. So he took (laughs) all the money that he made selling all of his dad's shit and he gave it back to his dad and he goes and you know what i gotta give you this outfit too because i used your money to buy this outfit so he gives his father like literally the shirt off his back starting from square one and the bishop was like excellent (laughs) (laughs) and saint francis is naked (laughs) standing there balls to the wall Like, is it cold in here? (laughs) (laughs) And so he throws him a tunic and he's like, this is all you, buddy. St. Francis of Assisi just hit, you know, the ground running and he went into town and started preaching, you know, just doing his thing. And he started getting followers. So by the time he had 11 followers, that's when he decides, hey, I think that's how many followers we have on our TikTok page. (laughs) coincidence i think not (laughs) kidding it's more than that it's got to be about 11 so (laughs) (laughs) i have to do so much work i i had a come to jesus meeting with myself last night where i was like listen you get what you put in and like i have to have a come to jesus meeting too yeah we'll we'll have a come to jesus meeting and we'll work out some stuff we're just we're surviving right now but we're still what it is once we're once we're past survival we'll be able to Mm -hmm. um but in because I know that we can come up with good ideas for the TikTok page. Oh, totally. So busy and tired. <laughs> I know that's the problem. But it's gonna be okay. It's, it's gotta gonna, happen. It's gonna happen in divine timing. It will. I did a whole full moon ritual. I should have taped that, but I did a little full moon ritual <laughs> the other night. And um, you know, I, I got these like prayer cards and I did all my prayers to like St. Francis and St. Teresa and like all of them and, and I it was asked a them hunter all. Moon. I know. So I was hunting for that next gig. Let's get paid for TikToks. Hopefully, you know, that worked. But um, I have no idea. What we? (laughs) I listen back on these things and I'm like, you were so close. Oh, my God. I do that, too. I'm like, I know what the point I was going to make. And then where did you go? It was a good one. I know. And then it's just gone forever. Forever. It's in the abyss. It is. It's so but annoying. But it's out there because thoughts mm-hmm. are energy. So they never really disappear completely. They're just That's out true. there somewhere else. It's floating out so there. Sometimes they pop back in my brain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like when that happens. I'm like, oh, I remember you. 1987. <laughs> I was on the beach eating a slice of pizza, which was weird because who eats pizza on the beach? And that's why I remember it. Like, Was it hot? It was. Pizza? And then I was, I got even hotter, but then guess what? I could go jump in the ocean (laughs) or I could get an icy. Ooh, that'll cool you down. Okay. I'm going to get some snacks after this. So (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he's got 11 followers and he decides, you know what? I want to meet with the Pope. 
because I want the Pope to ordain our group, which is going to call the Order of the Lesser Brothers or the Franciscan Order, which is what most people know it as. But he said, we're walking around like in rags, praying for people. We look like a fucking freak show. So we got to get the Pope's seal of approval on this boy band over here so that we get some respect on the streets. (laughs) Which totally makes sense. So another saint that we're talking about that literally had a direct line to the Pope at the time and like met with them. I guess that's like how you know if you're going to be a saint if you had a chance to meet the Pope. So we got to meet the fucking Pope. I got to make that happen. The Pope meets with them. The 11 of them go in there and he's like, what's going on here? You know, because he heard about them. He heard about this group of dudes that are walking around you know, living in poverty. That was a big deal. Like you said, at the time, the Catholic church prided themselves with wealth and being lavish. That was what was going on at the time. So if you were like the Cathars in any way during this time period, they saw you as a threat. It was like an insult to them that you weren't you know, going with the flow. So that wasn't cool. So he met with them because he was just like, let me just see what's going on with these dudes. So they come in and he's like, what's your deal? And St. Francis was like, listen, we're all about Jesus. We just want to get your thumbs up so that everybody realizes that we're just not some fly by night, you know, group that we need to be taken seriously yeah. and we're here to help. So the Pope's like, fuck you. <laughs> He's like, nah, not happening. That's a direct quote. <laughs> From it, the Pope. Was in a, it was in Italian, but that was it. He's like, no way, fuck out of here. So they left. And that night the Pope had a dream and it had St. Francis in it. And like, it just gave him the vibes of like, I should really fucking bring those boys back in and say, it's yeah. okay. So that's what he did. He was like, yeah, you're good. So they're doing their thing. St. Francis ended up inspiring 5,000 men to join the Franciscan order. He was a bringer, you know, he pulled Mm -hmm. in the numbers. He um, had his little group. They were all, you know, poor service, like, you know, just check. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. He, He wasn't a priest. And I thought that was funny. He wasn't a priest. He eventually was considered a deacon, which mm-hmm. is like, I think we could be deacons. But um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's just like, I guess he could have married if he wanted to. Like, there was none of that onto him. But after the Cathars were brought down, then I mentioned earlier that the Dominican order set their sights after they took them down on the Franciscan order. So here's two Catholic groups, very famous. These are like well-known, the Dominican group and the Franciscan order. And I didn't know they were like the Crips and the Bloods. I guess the Dominicans didn't have anything else to do. And so they were like, let's just fuck everything up. Because I guess they were like, like, kill them. Yeah, they fucking ended up condemning a lot of the brothers and burning them to death, which is like bonkers to me like if we don't have enough fucking problems going on now the two catholic groups are fucking turning on each other like what sense does this fucking make you're still pretty and smart the dominicans you don't have to be a dick about it exactly did you see the animal stories because he's like a super famous animal yeah yeah there's a couple there's um there's the story of the wolf oh yeah and uh what's the town gubbio yeah so 
uh, Gabio, Gubio, I don't know, but there's still that town still has a statue with the wolf. Really? Like, to this day, yeah. That's cool. So there was a wolf who was preying upon the town folk and the livestock. He's basically just like running around eating people. So it's like everybody's like, ah, do something. So St. Francis is like, all right, let me like talk to this wolf. And he's like, you know, wolf, like, what's up, bro? And the wolf is like, listen, I'm just like mad hungry. And if (laughs) your people could like throw me a bone once in a while, I would stop eating them. And a lot of the time I'm doing it in like Mm self-defense. St. Francis is like, all right, cool. So he talks to the people and the people agree and they feed the wolf and the wolf never eats another person again. He wrote this like book, the um, Canticle of Creatures. And in the beginning of it, he talks so much about just the planet, the universe, the wind, like describing the wind, the sun, the moon, the air, the water, everything in like masculine or feminine terms, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like mother earth or something like that. And just describing how perfect it is because it just is what it is. The sun shines. It does what it does. Like they're not trying to be anything else. And therefore it's praising God. He viewed animals in the same light as something that's part of this planet, part of the earth, and is therefore like praising God just by being what it is. Also, when he died, his mm. last words were to his donkey. Yeah. <laughs> thanking his donkey. I literally got so emotional because they said the donkey ended up weeping. I know. He thanked the donkey for serving him so faithfully, and the donkey wept. He was like, Shrek, don't go into the light. (laughs) (laughs) Onions have layers. (laughs) We're making waffles. He had such a connection to animals. Like he was walking with his followers one time in the forest and he just like spontaneously told the followers, hey, I want to preach to the sister birds. And they're like, so you sound fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) how are they gonna understand what you're saying he's like don't worry about it like they'll get it and remember saint anthony was preaching to the fish and they like jumped out of the water reminded me of yeah so i was like i've heard this one before he preached to the birds and they just like totally were like hanging on his every word if he caught like fish or whatever he would let them go and he would tell them now don't get caught again be smarter than that like you're better than this like don't be an idiot yeah. So he had that, you know, connection and had all these stories of basically like miracles with animals and everything. So in 1979, which is the year I was born. So ding, ding, ding. There's a box checked off in my weird fucking matrix. <laughs> today. Pope John Paul II, which was my pope or whatever when I was a kid. He acknowledged or ordained St. Francis of Assisi as the patron saint of ecology, which is the study of humans and their physical environment. So basically humans and birds and, you know, just the environment, like just everything that we interact with. So that's why, like, you know, he's the patron saint of like environmentalists and animals and people that caretake for animals and stuff like that. So he's an all around crazy good saint. He's been to battle. He's been kidnapped. He's had to tell his parents to go fuck themselves. Yeah. He met he with was actually pope. injured in battle. They said that he was injured in battle so severely he was near death. But God had bigger plans for him. Yeah. And that's when he had kind of like, I guess, a spiritual awakening. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he said in the video. He had a profound spiritual awakening. Like this was and it. He was the he's the first saint to ever have it documented that he had the stigmata. Yeah. In 19 and it's acknowledged by the Vatican. In 1224, he received the stigmata and the stigmata story in the kids cartoon is that a seraph, which is like a six-winged angel, appeared to St. Francis of Assisi when he was praying one day like out in the yard. And then they said that, that terrifying. I know. I, I would like, be so scared if I saw a six-winged angel. And I'd be like, oh my God. Like if it was like a two-wing angel, you could you could tolerate oh, right. it. But if you're it's like six wings, you're like, this okay, is this is different. <laughs> and to make it more terrifying, it looked like it was crucified. So here comes this six-wing seraph comes down he looks at it it looks like it's crucified then it gets closer to him he's like wait a second that looks like jesus yeah so that's what they said that jesus appeared to him as like a seraph or a seraph looked like jesus which i don't think it's probably the other way around and that that's when the stigmata was bestowed upon him when he came back down he had it right before that in 1223 he went and toured jesusville you know, where he was born and like, where he yeah, up. <laughs> that's what I call it. What is it called? He was like waving on the back of a red car. <laughs> Jesusville tour. <laughs> Welcome to Jesusville. <laughs> How may I take your order? When he was there, he was the one that created the nativity scene and he brought in live animals and set the nativity scene. And he's, it's called like the caress or something. And yeah. he, it's like even the tabletop it's, one, that's from St. Yeah. Francis of Assisi, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's basically the whole manger scene that you see at Christmas was invented by him. And the Christmas crib, like the actual crib that Jesus yeah. is like laid in, like that's a St. Francis of Assisi original. Like he's the, he's the OG for that, which is crazy. So he gets a stigmata. Well, his is the first stigmata that the Vatican documents gives a seal of approval says this is legit so that's another big thing he was obsessed with like the lepers and stuff like he really liked to take care of them and everybody was like aren't you like terrified of this and he was like yeah i'm scared of shit yeah i'm gonna face my fears on this one and i'm gonna get it done which um i think he was trying to get rid of all the privilege that he was yeah. born into and like kind of make up for lost time. And yeah. He was trying to like, re- like get rid of all of his fear that he had because he wanted to serve, you know, his purpose, which in his mind was to follow the gospels directly, not necessarily church, but directly follow what the gospel said. Mm-hmm. And there was an instance um, on that documentary I watched where they talk of him seeing a leper and normally he would be like cringe at the thought mm-hmm. of that. But he got off of his horse and he looked at the leper and kissed his hand. And he wrote in, I guess, one of his journals or whatever, like what once tasted bitter now tastes sweet. I guess that was his moment of kind of awakening and realizing like we're all people and we're all connected. And what's up, leper? (laughs) Want to get on my horse? (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. We can share straws. It's fine. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) He really tried to like walk it like you talk it. 
Like, that's how he felt. Like, you could do this. Like, this is what it's all about. Like, because when his dad was kind of chewing him out, like, what are you doing? You're like throwing your whole life away for this shit. And he was like, so you're no longer my father. My Mm -hmm. father is in heaven. So this is over. Like, it, it was like a hard breakup. And he was into that, like following your own path, like whatever your calling was in life, he thought you should be genuine to that. And that's even rings true in the way that he spoke about animals and the earth and things like that, saying like their authenticity and just existing in what they are, like the trees are trees, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They don't try to be anything but, but trees. That is how you worship God by being your authentic self. Yeah, because you're made in the image and likeness of him. And if you just follow like that thread that's pulling you towards like your ultimate, you know, goal of who you want to be or whatever, if you keep doing that, God's really happy because he's like, yay, you're doing it. Super into that shit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. She's actually doing what I want her to do. <laughs> you're going to Hollywood. <laughs> you are. And you're going to Hollywood. I've been picking out my my new car in my mind and houses. I like yeah. to do that. I do a whole thing in my head. You're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Your it's imagination good. is the most powerful thing. That's how you bring things into fruition. It's oh, true. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you? I just you have okay? a, a loud ringing in my ear. It's probably nothing. <laughs> oh my God. Another <laughs> cry for help. Cry for help. <laughs> but he died of natural causes, although they do think that perhaps, you know, all the self torture mm-hmm. might have expedited things a little bit because he was like 44. <laughs> yeah, so. he, he died at 45. And they said, like, natural causes. <laughs> they said due to asceticism. And I, I looked up a lot of vocabulary. Yeah, I had to look it up episode. too. And it was like basically he just like abandoned himself and mm-hmm. abandoned all indulgences. Any forms, yeah, mm-hmm. of self pleasure, which apparently we need to some extent. Oh, yeah. Every time I eat like something I know I'm not supposed to, that makes me so happy. Oh, like, my God. Me too. And then he was canonized two years after his death. So there was no time wasted. Mm -hmm. Super fast. Oh, and on his feast day, churches, do they still bless animals? Yeah, they they do do the animal blessings. Yeah, on October 4th. Did you ever do it at St. Francis de Sales in Rockaway? We did it with like a hamster. I think Patty brought the hamster. Fluffy. Because I brought Fluffy back to life once using oh, one of man. those miniature, like um, I had like a keychain super soaker gun. So uh-huh. when you squeeze the size, it puffed air. And I was watching Fluffy once and he died. <laughs> and of course. So I had to bring him back to life because if Patty came back and this hamster was dead, you know, like she would have been devastated. So I did little compressions on his little hamster chest oh and I God. puffed his little self with air and he perked right up and he came back to life. You fucking saved him. We could have called him Lazarus after that. <laughs> I'm basically St. Francis of the hamsters. <laughs> There's so many hamster stories in my fucking family. Like, oh, oh my God. God. Oh, me too. Like Christmas morning when my kids woke up to empty hamster cages. <laughs> and there they were hamsters running of... loose in my house. Like, oh, Santa brought me a hamster cage. That's cool. <laughs> Wish I had a hamster. Just add hamster. And I'm like, um, I'm just gonna move the couch really quick. <laughs> Remember Herbie the hamster? Yeah. Oh, for that's some what reason, it was Herbie, not Fluffy. That hamster 
like you have that story with him and then he bit her finger and she like slammed him on the fucking ground and for <gasps> some reason they called the fucking 911 and the ambulance came <laughs> I, I fucking walked up the block to give a fuck <laughs> to my friend who lived on fucking the bay block so like what does it take you like five fucking minutes i come home there's a fucking emt in my house the fucking hamsters on the ground of the fucking basement floor heart beating out of its fucking chest like pass out patty's like bleeding my mom's like whatever i'm like i was gone for 10 fucking minutes <laughs> ambulance here for a hamster for a fucking hamster bite on her finger. I mean, God <laughs> damn it. Oh, I thought so, they were there to revive the hamster. Well, that's I was what like, I was their hoping. equipment's too big. <laughs> he pulls out that super soaker. Hold on. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> but um, he ended up living and we had him. He Since he knocked his head on the ground, like he was way calmer after that. So he was more <laughs> chill. <laughs> and then for some reason, like I brought him to school and he lived in St. Edmunds in the science classroom or whatever. And then he got out oh. and I showed up one day and they're like, the hamster got out. Yeah. They found it months later, completely fucking filthy. It was like a fucking feral fucking hamster. It had, what? they followed its little paws like into the corner. It was like, <laughs> it was no. hissing at them and everything. And I think we took it home. Oh, oh my God. Because they were like, hey, come get your hamster. It's back. You <laughs> know, <laughs> we don't want it now that it's evil. Everybody. <laughs> we fed it after midnight. <laughs> it's in a fucking Catholic school getting an exorcism. <laughs> that hamster had such a life. Can you imagine in one lifetime that hamster experienced a 911 so call? Many things. And it got that hamster was a school. huge part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> He was the cutest hamster. He was like so fluffy. Oh my god! And the coloring and everything. Like he looks like the ones that are always on and white. Yeah, like the stripey. Oh, I love him. His little fingers, and then you give him like the kicks, and he would like stuff them in his cheeks and have them all big. No hamsters ever compared to that one. Nope, he was the best hamster. Poor (laughs) guy. With Saint Francis, he restores peace and like harmony in households. So. If shit's a little hectic, get a little statue or a little card or something. Just put it up in the house and he'll just, you know, it's like a Xanax. He's like St. Xanax, you know, oh, just chills cool. everybody out. Yeah. You can invoke him against dying alone. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that because I watched The Midnight Club. It's on Netflix. Did you watch it? No. It's great, but it's all about hospice for teenagers in 1994. So it's like a flashback. So the music is fucking banging because oh, it's 1994, cool. you know? So oh my like- God. I literally just, li- I'm not even kidding. I just listened to 1994's greatest hits. No way. When I was picking Connor from the bowling alley the other day. What are the fucking chances? Uh, it's crazy. And it was amazing. So 1996 like- was good too. That was a good year. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna like it, but it's really good. It's just, you know, they have cancer and there's like yeah. death and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's just a lot. So, you know, I was watching that and it was really fucking heavy. But at the same time, it was totally worth it. And they left it open. So I believe there'll be a second season, which is always nice. Okay, good. So check that out. You can invoke him against exorcism. So if you're having an exorcism, call St. Francis of Assisi. Yeah. 
And he's inspired a ton of like paintings and novels and music and operas and, you know, movies and everything and films. So a couple that are more recent in 1950, there was the Flowers of St. Francis. In 1979, there's a movie called Brother, Son, Sister Moon. And then in 1989, there's a docudrama called Francisco. And listen to who it stars. It stars Mickey Rourke from, you know, like nine and a half weeks or whatever, or six yeah. and a half weeks. And Helena um, or Helena Bonham Carter, the one that's in all the Tim Burton movies, you know, from uh, like Harry Potter and stuff with the curly hair. Mm-hmm. So those are like, I wouldn't put those two in a saint movie. So <laughs> that's interesting. I know. Them. I almost watched that. Instead, I watched um, the thing that I watched was called In Search of St. Francis of Assisi. Was it good? It was OK. No, it was good. There were some parts that I had to fast forward, like pass, like not the parts about him. They were just showing like a lot of, you know, like rituals and things that they currently do. Mm. And I was like, I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm not into all that. I got to get to the juice of the story. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my paper's due at midnight. I know. I'm like, Hurry I don't up. have time for all this bullshit. Oh my God. The cartoon. I was like, oh my God, it's under 12 minutes. I got so excited. And then it just abruptly ended. And I was like, wait a second. They didn't say enough. And then I realized, oh, there's a part two. So this was the first saint that we did that had two videos on saints for kids part one yeah. part two and part two was episode number 27 wow that's our number and eight is when he died it was 27 28 but it was 12 28 oh yeah yeah it's 12 28 yeah yeah there's so many like synchronicities he's such a popular saint not just with like people like us that just love to talk about saints but he's a really like internationally popular saint just in general and i think it's because of the animals because he's associated with them there's even like these little medallions that you can buy to like clip onto your dog's like collars as i saw that that is so cute i know i might get one for axel because it's like an amulet protection you know yeah so why not i know i was thinking that too mm mm-hmm so that is St. Francis of Assisi. Love that guy. Love him. Just a, good stuff. Just a good dude. I'm going to be such a fangirl if all this shit is real. And when I die, like I get to meet all these people. They're going to be much smaller than me, right? Because a lot of people it were is. tiny back then. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's just going to be their energy and their spirit. Oh, man. You're going to be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making sure it like a Fuddruckers. It's like, he's like 311. And he's like comes over with like a bird on his shoulder. And I'm like, what's up? What's up, St. Fran? Dude, I love your shit, man. I was talking about you on my podcast. He already knows. <laughs> That's true. I don't have to tell him anything. <laughs> he already knows. <laughs> They're all knowing. So you tagged me in like that video about Antarctica mm-hmm. and there are some conspiracy theories about Antarctica. I think we mentioned a little bit one time on here. We did. We, mm-hmm. I, I think we were. Oh, when we were talking about like the new world order or something or. Yeah. The, so I was like trying, like, I ah. had like a lighter topic. I thought yeah. I had a lighter topic in case you didn't want to get into that. Cause we mm-hmm. thought we were going to be murdered by the Illuminati, which we still might be. So the whole thing with Antarctica there is this Operation High Jump that 
in the 40s, the United States went and investigated Antarctica. And supposedly, like, there's this one guy who was like an admiral or general or whatever. And he discovered all of these things. And this is following Nazi Germany going into Antarctica, you know, and discovering all different kinds of technology under ice and supposedly like there's there's like caves and shit. Yeah, there's like caves and stuff that like lead to other kind of like realms or previous civilizations there are pyramids that were discovered yep and supposedly like Nazi Germany had all of this advanced technology yep. even like IBM the computer company so there's a connection with them as well like creating like uh the software and things like that supposedly they they had like early computers. It was more of like a filing system, but it was really like the earliest computers. Um, even the car technology that they have in Germany, they're saying all of this was retained by aliens, okay, who are supposedly contacting people in Antarctica. I know it sounds like Crazy. so weird when I say it like but, that. But no, but- no, because the guy was explaining it. He was like, the reason why they called it Operation High Jump is because like there's a hole and you can see it in like some Google maps. Like he was referring to it and he was giving like all the, like, you know, he was citing everything, all of his sources or whatever, but basically there's like a hole. And so I say it's like he, they jumped down when they did the like excavation of it. So Edmund Haley, you know, like from Haley's comet, he, Mm -hmm. in the 17th century, he put this theory out that the earth is hollow and there's like a secret civilization that's called Agartha. There's just so much to it. So Haley proposed that the earth consisted of these spherical shells that spun into different directions and surrounded the central core. Haley thought the space throughout these shells had illuminations of atmospheres that might have supported life. And he said that Isaac Newton demonstrated that the moon is more solid than our earth. So it's nine to five. And why can't we suppose that four ninths of the earth has a cavity and that life could be supported because rays from the sun would refract into the hole on the surface of the inner sphere and would reflect the light illuminating the interior of the earth. Okay. Supposedly, quote unquote, there's like documentation about this and um, people knew about it. And The Germans went in there, you know, knowing all of this information and looking for things and were able to uncover lost civilizations. And supposedly there was some kind of extraterrestrial contact in which they were given advanced technology Mm -hmm. in trade for letting them experiment on people. So well, like yeah, when people, I saw that even like they think that's what like abductions are. I saw this I know other because thing too. That what about was, was it like, about Eisenhower? Eisenhower giving no, permission? Yeah. So some people believe that the interaction happened, like where the United States realized, like, oh, we're not the only ones on this planet. Yeah. And so they gave them technology in exchange for the ability to abduct whoever they want, whenever they want. So there's some ideas out there that like people like the Kennedys, you know, they're one of the 13 families of the Illuminati or like the beginning, like the founding families. Kennedy is one of the names. So they believe that there's other civilizations. So when there's like these untimely deaths, Mm -hmm. then it might not be a death. 
that they actually go to the yeah. other area, whatever. Now they believe the Nazis escaped to this, yes. like you know, other other area as well. That's right. And mm-hmm. the yeah. other names drops were like the Rothschilds and mm-hmm. like all those big names. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said that like years ago. Like, there's just certain people. I'm like, I think they reach a point. Like celebrities, like let's say, for example, like Prince, right? Mm-hmm. He died just suddenly, no illness or whatever. He just died. Now it's a real shame. Like you know, everybody loves Prince. He's great and everything. But when he died, I was like, I think he bought his ticket, mm-hmm. like to the other spot. Like I don't think he's dead. I don't yeah. think Tupac's dead. Like there's just certain people. I'm just like I just think that they get so rich that they get approached and they're like, listen. You know, we could take you out real quick. Um, it'll look like you died of like, you know, natural causes or whatever. And then you can live out the rest of your regular life in this paradise. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sign me up, motherfucker. <laughs> you know? yeah, so that's supposedly what they think is going on, that there's like a utopian paradise. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like in this hollow earth where the way to get there is through Antarctica. And that's another reason why, you know, people aren't allowed there. There has been other expeditions. So, you know, like Haley puts forth this idea. Then you have in the 1800s, John Sims expands on the theory and says that the spheres could be accessed through the North and South Poles. So some people believe the elites are trying to hide entrances by manipulating polar satellite images and banning travel to Antarctica. Then we go there in 1942. It's Richard Byrd. That's the officer who went there. And he discovered the hollow entrance to the uh, whatever, the civilization, the old civilizations. He recorded his discoveries, but he was forced to keep quiet. They held him for 36 hours after he got back and basically like, you know, tried to erase his memory and like, yeah. didn't want him talking to anybody about it. They gave him like a medal of honor and then he just kind of like disappeared. But <laughs> yeah, they were probably like, if you shut the fuck up, we won't kill you. But supposedly he had kept journals at that, you know, I don't know if they destroyed them or they took them or whatever, but oh, they've they were them. like, so supposedly they were like UFOs coming up and coming toward them when the Americans came there and were trying to discover the same things that they knew the Nazis had access to. I have heard that from so many people. They're like, the UFOs come from below. Well, because there's another theory that the sky is actually water and that the ocean is actually the entrance to space. And there's a lot of extraterrestrial encounters that are water related. Like we haven't even scratched the surface of what's going on underneath the water. And the planet's pretty much like all water. And you know, times like in the past where they've been like shooting missiles into the sky, like supposedly trying to penetrate it, like or um blowing things up in the water and supposedly there's some correlation or between, you know, those occurrences and that theory. But there's no way to prove or disprove it yeah they will control what we figure out right Mm -hmm. well there was this other guy that was talking about how our maps are completely manipulated we've got the theory that there's an entry level to underneath the ice wall i think that's what they kept saying in one thing i was listening to but then there's this other expansion of the idea where so when you look at maps from like I'm talking like the Aztecs, like when it was like way back in the day, they show Antarctica as like being like humongous. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it on our maps today, it's like nothing. 
So they think that that's where a whole new world is. That's why they won't let anybody up there. It's been years since they've let anybody go to Antarctica. It's like off limits. So, and supposedly if you get to this other side, it's almost like what our idea of like looking into the future would be with like things flying around and there's aliens interacting with people. And can you imagine? And he said that it's like 33 fucking continents. It's humongous. What he was saying too was like, you know, there's like the flat earthers that they think like this is this. I know, he's like, yeah. He was like, it's kind of like that for us, not on that like level or whatever, yeah. where it's like, you know, where it's not really round, but it's like our existence is pretty like limited as if it's like, like once you get to Antarctica, it's like, it's like the end of the page. You know what I mean? It's like, that's where it drops off because we yeah. don't have any access to it. So it's just crazy to think that. There's people out there that have seen this with their own eyes, have provided like some type of documentation to support it. And just recently, the CIA is like, yeah, fucking UFOs are real. I know. And we're just like walking around like like it's normal. Nothing's going on. Nobody like talks about it. And if you you do, you look crazy. Yeah, even though it's literally, they're like, yeah, it's all true. Everybody's like, okay, (laughs) whack job. (laughs) This guy with the UFO job. (laughs) Meanwhile, yesterday we saw like two sons in the sky. Yeah. Kayla was like, the sun's not over there, ma. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, the sun's setting over there. And we like looked to the, you know, where the sun was setting. and, And then we looked over and was like, Ah, shit. What the fuck does that mean now? Oh, my God. It means something. It definitely means something. But I definitely think, like, there's a major glitch in, like, whatever the fuck we're living in right now. This is not normal. Like, this is... Yeah. (laughs) The Matrix is drunk. It needs to go home and go to bed and sleep. Glitching again. Okay. (laughs) Unplug and plug back in. Okay. Let's see if that works. Jesus Christ. Please get it together. Because the world is bananas right now. And uh, I just can't. But I definitely think that all that is probably true. I don't know. I don't know either. I just feel like we don't know everything. And there could be some really insane things going on you know I've been really into like watching things about black holes and the universe and infinity and like there's just so much that we don't know and there's so much that like actual like scientists physicists like think are possible and real that we think sounds insane yeah they believe in a lot of the weird stuff that we think too Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think if you don't consider any of this where there's like any shred of truth to it, then there's really no like talking to you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you've you've made up your mind. You've taken that pill and you're yeah. good. I know. Which and, one is the one that we like? The blue one or the red one? I have no idea. I can't remember. That's why I always just say the pill. And then I'm like, people probably think I'm doing pills <laughs> now because they keep saying. I no, they the- probably think we're on birth control. <laughs> Like, oh man, we didn't know it was going to be anti-abortion stuff on this goddamn podcast. We're calling for the Lord. (laughs) It's a Matrix reference. There's a red pill that you take, and then there's a blue pill. And if you take one of the pills, you can see the Matrix for what it really is and unplug. And if you take, but we don't know which pill is which. You could choose to just stay in your little shell and... There's so much to the world and it's just a shame that I, well, for me 
specifically, I have really bad ADHD and I never realized what that really means until really recently because I got diagnosed with it a couple of years ago. And when she told me that, I was like, okay, you know, (laughs) I was like, I don't know about that, but (laughs) it just didn't sound like I was like, okay. But she gave me some meds because she said, I also have this rejection dysmorphia syndrome it's called RSD. And basically, I believe that everyone's going to abandon me, which Aww. is, a yeah. And it's like, I'm dead on with it. Or it could be like, it's just me making it up in my head. Yeah. yeah. So um, this medicine takes care of both things. Okay. I guess they're associated with each other. So I took it for a while. I, I don't know if it really works because I didn't really think I had it. I know I have the rejection thing, but I didn't think I have ADHD. But now... I do think I have ADHD. Oh, man. my doctor said it to me too. Like, I think it was either last year or two years ago. She was like, I really think that you have ADHD. And I was on Wellbutrin for a while because, you know, that can also manage ADHD symptoms. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh my God, I literally have it. Even like, okay, there's like TikTok reasons that I have it <laughs> that I don't know if they're real. Oh, all the TikTokers on there that are talking about like, it. I'm I like, constantly share, have like share, seven. Share like seven drinks, like, like a Gatorade water. I'll have like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I just have so many drinks and yeah. then they talk about doom bags where you like put things in like bags and yeah, then you bags just like, and bags. Have, like bags mm-hmm. of doom. <laughs> yeah, I totally have that. Like, Oh, one of the things was like, if you have something to do at three o'clock and everyone's like, Hey, do you want to go to breakfast? And you're like, I have that thing I at can't. three. Oh, I know. And they're like, okay, but we can go get breakfast. And then you're, I have a thing at three o'clock. Like I have to get that done and then I could do the other thing. And I have that big time, big, big time. Like that's, no, I have that too. A lot of stuff that you think is like even anxiety or depression. It's actually ADHD. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So true. So, I mean, I think I have those two, but, but, and they're definitely interlinked, but, but Mm -hmm. no, they can, one can be mistaken for the other because side effects of having that can cause depression mm-hmm. and yeah. anxiety because you're like fucking your whole life up <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Your brain's like, don't you have that thing to do? And you're like, yeah, but I'm paralyzed, <laughs> paralyzed. with um, fear in yeah. uh, specifically in my shoulders at this moment. There's a bit of a burning sensation. So I'm not going to do that for three days. And Either that or I'm maniacally cleaning like an absolute lunatic. Yeah. At or I'm just like shut days. down. Shut down. Yeah, yeah. I'm either puddle on the floor or scrubbing the floor. I yeah. Either one of those. Yeah. Another cry for help. Cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> this entire utopia, which, oh, doesn't that sound fun? I feel like everybody like, there is evil, though. Like they're all like wearing suits and But evil. it's utopia. So maybe it's not good. I don't know. I feel like the people who are running shit there, I mean, it's like the Illuminati. Yeah. So it's just like Scientologyville. Yeah. Like they don't seem like chill. No. I mean, I hope they have rebellious teenagers, though. They're like, fuck you. I'm going to go to real earth. And I'm going to tell them all about you. Yeah. I'm going to tell them. Fuck you, dad. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen TikTok. I know that's how you do it. Everybody here will be like, man, those are killer graphics. How did that kid do that yeah. in the background? <laughs> but I really think that a lot of that's true. Oh, and I saw Hocus Pocus too. Oh, I heard it's garbage. It was okay. Like I saw it at home. 
with mm-hmm. Aaron and we didn't finish it because we were like, oh, this is like whatever. But then I went to a kid's birthday party and I don't know if it's because I was so excited to be out, but like yeah. I liked it so much better. Oh, God. Well, maybe it was just the setting. Maybe you needed it a couple of years ago. I loved going to the movies. It was like an event. There was like certain yeah. movies you're like, that's what you see in the theater. You know, anything like Marvel or anything like big and exciting. So maybe that's what you needed just to be out of your house watching it like yeah. in the setting of a birthday I mean, party. I think people wanted it to be like um, a nostalgic representation of what they grew up watching. And mm-hmm. some people had the idea that... Um, you know, the young girl who was in the original movie was going to be a part of the cast and maybe like, you know, she's yeah. the principal of the school and then her brother comes back yeah. and, you know, they fight the witches. They want to like the original cast and to follow like along the same kind of storyline or a continuation. And it definitely wasn't that, but, you know, it was, it was whatever. Yeah. It's just, I know it's that's like the problem those, like, when you it, redo like, stuff. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, that's no the problem Every, anymore. It's sickening. You know, some things just leave it be, you know, it's I know. fine. And I honestly didn't think like the first one was like some, I know people are like obsessed with it. There's like a people cult following of Pocus oh, yeah. Pocus. Mm-hmm. And I don't really under, like, I think maybe I was like three or four years older than that generation of people who are obsessed with it. Like I definitely, I don't know if yeah. I'm older than them or what, but I definitely saw it and was like, okay, like, you know, I would watch it when it was on, but it's not something that I ever thought was like, wow, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. So, but I think it's maybe just like nostalgia for people. And I love Bette Midler. Like I've I do love Bette fan. Midler. Yeah. And, so. I, and I, and I do uh, love Sarah Jessica Parker too. Yeah. And there's a scene with Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall, where he's dressed up like the devil because they're going, tr- you know, yes. they're trick or treaters, and they have the and they go dog. in and they think, yeah, they think that he's like the real devil, so they're like laying it on real thick, and Penny Marshall's like, "What the fuck is going on in my yeah, house?" Yeah, that was funny. So that interaction I really thought was funny, but like, you know, it's a kid's movie. So that was like the adult humor or whatever, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, you know, good or whatever, but not my favorite. We'll do the episode that we do the week of Halloween. We'll have like a whole Halloween thing, like with streaming and all that stuff, because okay. I've got at least. 10 movies that I recommend to watch <laughs> everybody be like okay good you? if you have recommended scary movies I think that's great mm-hmm. I think people will want to hear that yeah for sure so we'll do that but Hocus Pocus did not make it on Mm-mm. my top 10 list let's just put it that way it's fun that they brought back the three original Sanderson sisters so that was good yeah. at least they got them you know you get what you get you wanted it so fucking bad now all you're doing is complaining about it Jesus Christ we can't make anybody happy the fuck i know but it was cute it was whatever you know yeah well check out the midnight club but beware there's uh a lot of death so if you're processing any grief you may want to put this one on the list for later on because it's heavy but it's really good be able to watch that i think it's i think it's too much for me it jumps around this is the same guy that created uh the midnight mass have you seen that no oh you gotta watch. i heard it was really good that i want to watch oh my god and it's all roman catholic references like what, what? It's, like, <laughs> if you watch midnight mass like you should listen to our podcast because it's the same i was like watching it and i'm like oh my god if you're not roman catholic like you'd be like 
the, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, right, what are right. they doing? But because I was raised that way, like it was awesome. I loved it. I so. heard it was really good. Honestly, I, it's something that I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you like start watching something, but it's too late at night and then you fall asleep, like in the beginning yeah. and then you never watch it again. Like that's kind yeah. of it's like my jam. And that's what I did with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you got to get that. If you're going to watch it at night, it's got to be like right when you're like chilling. Like, yeah. Not you when you're like really going to fall asleep. Yeah. No, can't do that. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Hash Wednesday podcast. This was so much fun. It was so much fun. Thanks for watching. I mean, listening guys, <laughs> don't forget <laughs> to <laughs> follow and subscribe on Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcast. We will see you next time. Bye. Oh my God, that was so good. Yay. (laughs) I smoked and I got like that happy high and then I got really paranoid. (laughs) Oh no, you did? I did, but I'm going to pull it together. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's going to be fine. Oh, it's going to be great.